You're listening to Club Management. I'm your host, Shannon Dawson, and you can listen to the show on any of your favorite streaming platforms. Just type Club Management. This is episode 32. Yes, episode 32 is here. And just a quick update, I'm going to be dropping episodes every other Tuesday consistently, faithfully, respectfully. Uh, Please mark your calendars and turn on those notifications uh, because we are in this thing every other Tuesday. I want to give a big shout out to all the new followers, all the new supporters and likers uh, who gave a lot of love for that last episode with Tracksman. That guy is just like a, a darn walking encyclopedia of knowledge and music. It's absolutely insane. Um, and I'm really happy that I had a chance to talk to him and really dive deep into the mind of Tracksman. And that's not even a pun. That's really what happened on that episode. Uh, so thank you so much for all of your support. And this just made me realize this is the last episode of 2020. I am so proud of myself for remaining consistent and putting out these episodes all throughout this pandemic, because as you know, it has been really, really hard to focus throughout this entire year. But um, this has given me so much confidence to go into 2020 knowing that, um, first of all, I have you wonderful folks out there who enjoy listening to this. I have your support. uh, And you guys really inspire me to keep going. Like I always say, this has been my saving grace throughout this pandemic. So thank you so much. I just want to take a brief moment here to say whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, all those ideas that you've got bubbling up in that head of yours, make it happen for 2021. If 2020 has taught us anything this year, has been about really, 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 really honing in on all the things we love because life's short. So please follow those goals, stay consistent. You might fall down, but get back up twice, get back up as many times as you need to and make it happen for 2021. Ah, Now for episode 32, we finished the year off with a really, really nice episode. We take it to the motherland to have a nice chat with an artist whose music I've been faithfully playing on my radio shows and DJ sets, and someone whose musical journey I'm excited to watch as they progress. Wamiya Tembo is becoming known for his dynamic and club-ready sounds. Driven by impressive drum arrangements, stylized rhythms that take on the sound of Goman Afrobeat, Tembo shines under his producer moniker, She Spells Doom. Hailing from Lusaka, Zambia, Tembo has released a number of heavy tracks that are sure to pack out any dance floor. There's so much incredible music coming out of the continent that I decided to check in with Mr. Doom on how he's been spending his time working amongst this chaotic year of 2020. I caught the busy producer right before his big performance at this year's Nega Nega Festival. And we chat about all kinds of things, like his love for 80s music, how he's been staying inspired, and to see what's happening on his side of the world. Um, How's everything over there in terms of COVID? Like, is it crazy as it is here in the States? No, it's, it's weird. Like, we don't have as many cases, mm. but we do have cases here, but because I was actually locked down in Geneva from March to like mid-August. So Whoa. in that period of time, 
when I saw the difference because in Geneva it was like the lockdown was like a lockdown lockdown whereas here it's like you wear the mask at the mall and then afterwards many people don't really wear masks so I'm like pretty much the odd one out sometimes oh my goodness it must be nice because like yesterday we hit our highest um you know like our highest pretty much target of cases it was like 2000 2800 people that uh, got like confirmed in one day so yeah it's it's getting crazy over here but i'm glad you yeah i'm very glad that you guys are safe where you are um and speaking where you are you're in zambia right yeah that's where i am right now that is so cool. What's Zambia like? I um, It's so crazy. Actually, before you talk about Zambia, I think it's so cool that you presented work uh, during Fakugezi because I went to South Africa in, what was that, like 2017, and Fakugezi was doing like this really big um, residency, ex- uh, residency exhibition, and we got to like go around and kind of see all the oh, different wow. students' work. So I think that's so cool that you were part of that. Yeah, it was, um, you know, one of those things where uh, my girlfriend at the time was just like, there's this going on in South Africa. Maybe you might want to try it. But then I was like, I didn't see because at the time I was just doing music. So yeah, just one of those things where I was like, maybe it would be a chance to mess around with like film to do something visual, but then score it. And so I got to do like an installation, which was like, pretty cool and it was a, like a good month in South Africa. Nice. And that was that last year's um, exhibition, right? Yeah, last year. Okay, perfect. That is so cool. Um, but I'm just super fascinated about the motherland. Uh, when I went in 2017, I was just like, this is home. I feel like I, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been trying to either musically take myself back to the continent or just like, you know, get really close to artists that are from the continent. So I'm really interested to hear what Zambia is like. No, it's, uh, I mean, that's really cool, you know? Yeah. The Just hear that you want to like tap in and it's, uh, you know, a pleasure to be in, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, connected. But yeah, Zambia is, um, I'd say it's pretty chill. Uh, as far as electronic music goes, it's still something that's uh, coming up. Mm. It's not, um, I wouldn't say it's a mainstream thing yet, mm. especially like what I'm doing at the moment. I'm just kind of like doing it on my own <laughs> right now, <laughs> like the particular stuff, club music. But then you do have people who are like making house and I'm a piano, DJs who are playing house music, I'm a piano, and, mm-hmm. you know, slowly introducing things. But um, outside of that, we've got, like, a pretty vibrant local scene with, like, our local, our actual, like, you know, local music. Have a lot of people uh, releasing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, club-wise, I wouldn't say it's as diverse as something in South Africa, where you have kind of mainstream stuff and underground stuff. Mm. Kind of like their set places where people go out. Like there'll be three of the hottest clubs for like a year, and then people switch to a new place that comes out. It's kind of <laughs> that. Yeah, 
I mean, I think that's pretty natural with a lot of different music scenes, right? Like sometimes it takes a while for things to bubble, but um, eventually they do. So, I mean, with you carving kind of your own sound in Zambia, what's that like? Do you sometimes feel like you're kind of like this, you know, like this elephant in the room? Like, oh, you know, I'm the only one doing this here. <laughs> um, I don't really feel it much because, you know, I've been lucky to like connect with people online mm-hmm. you know who maybe share similar um, influences so to be like i don't know for some reason i, I feel like people from new york and i just drawn to each other yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> so that's like worked out and uh, i just haven't really felt alone when it comes to that when i like felt that is more when I've tried to head out and do a DJ gig, because mm-hmm. a lot of the times I'll be playing something and somebody will be like, hey man, uh, there are no lyrics, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just a beat or, you know, something like that. Or right. somebody will say, hey man, uh, could you play that like Justin Bieber song? Oh my God, that's always the worst. Like, no, nah, I don't have that in the stash. Yeah. So yeah. in that way, something like where I'm like, I kind of really feel that fish out of water element when you know, mm. I, I've played out. Like, the oh my God. That is my- Yeah, when I... Oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, that's like literally one of my biggest pet peeves when I'm playing behind the deck and someone just comes up and says, hey, can you play like... I don't know, Selena Gomez. I'm like, I don't know what Selena Gomez sounds like. What? Yeah, but I don't know. I, For me, I guess, when I go out, the thing I'm looking for in a DJ is more, yeah, like, I don't mind if somebody puts in, you know, a few favorite songs or songs that are out, but right. I don't know. I, I head out to hear music so that I find, find out my new favorite song, you know, like songs mm-hmm. I don't know, like, to try and, like, get the track ID off of the DJ or, you know. <laughs> so I, tr- I try to do that when I play, but sometimes the reception is more like, yeah, man, I just want to hear that song I was listening to in the car before I got here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, but now it seems like uh, Africa, the sound of Africa has really been spreading across the, the globe, really. I mean, especially yeah. with 2018, there was like that huge spike with like Wizkid and Burna Boy, of course. Um, and that kind of sparked this whole Afrobeat sensation here, especially in the U.S. Um, but I'm wondering, like, how do you feel as someone from the continent seeing Afrobeat being spread across the globe? Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Um, I don't know. I look at it two ways. Like, I, I love that people are embracing this sound and it's, like, great to see people kind of like doing collabs across, you know? Mm. So it was like, you get to hear what a US rapper would sound like over an Afrobeat and, you know, so it's yes. pretty cool. But then for me, I think more when people borrow the aesthetic and do like <laughs> the generic Wakanda thing is when I'm a bit <laughs> like, uh, because I feel Africa is made up of so many different parts right. and so many different cultures and, you know, different languages. So sometimes it's this like generalized version of like Africa that people tap into mm. that I don't know for me I I wish people would like take more time to know 
you know, about what it is they're pouring from. Mm, this is very true. Yeah. This is a this is a, a theme that we often see a lot times in in music where you know people gravitate to a certain sound, but they don't necessarily know the history behind it or where it even comes from. You know. Um, so yeah, I definitely feel you on that one. I guess we could say the same thing. Yeah. Like, Gome has had like a super, super, super big influence on a lot of dance music tracks too, right? Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't understand where it comes from, especially Megan Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that scandal right there. Was, I know. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy. And the, the worst part was, uh, you know, the Will I Am apology. And then there's that where you're apologizing for giving the wrong information and then you give the wrong name in the apology. You're like, drop ice. Like, what, what was that? I know, and that's awful, you know? Like, I don't know. I, and I hope that he was, was, like, trying to be disrespectful, but the whole thing was, yeah, obviously disrespectful. Uh, but, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a big, yeah, that's crazy. Um, but, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about your music. So, well, first of all, um, I'm a huge fan. I've been playing all of your music in, like, all of my shows. <laughs> um, and so how I found... Yeah, how I found you was with your your Rafe your Rafe track, a uh, Rafe IV, or, or I don't know how to say the numerals. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Rafe Four. Yeah, Rafe Four. Yeah, sorry. It's a weird thing. My Roman numerals. That's all good. Like uh, it's a weird thing I do where I kind of like name tracks like they're sequels to something that came out, mm-hmm. but then there's no like part from before or after so i just say rate four even if there's no rate three or two or one yeah i just love it i love that like that slow build of the beat and then you've got that like really cool vocal sample that's on top of it um tell me a little bit about that what what was some inspiration behind this track like I'm, I'm a huge like night slugs fan <laughs> like that's what i i was crazy about when i started making like club music so at the time i think it was one of those things where i was trying to recreate that like short reverb sound they had going but mm-hmm. i was also like really into jersey club so i did the kicks in that way and then i was watching like an episode of like catfish <laughs> And I remember watching like a review afterwards and somebody was like describing the scenario and that's where I heard the sample. Mm-hmm. I just kind of messed with it a bit. <laughs> Say, oh, cool. It would be cool to like make this weird like metallic Jersey club sci-fi banger with this like sample in it. So yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. That's so funny. That's so funny that you're a huge fan of Night, night Slugs because I am too. And when Bach asked me to do the guest mix, I literally just like fell out, you know, like I didn't know what to do. Yeah, that, that was so dope. <laughs> that yeah. mix was really good. Really yeah, good. yeah. You know, and I was c- telling him like you guys really have put on for a, a generation of sound. Like there's so many people, including myself and you, that are just so inspired by the label. So really cool to know that you're, you're also inspired by them, too. Um, and also another track that I really love from you is Pink Vapor with like that lush pad that comes in first. And then it's just oh, it's so nice. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and it also seems like you it's 
I don't know. I feel like you you have so much diversity in your sound from playing around with uh, different rhythms, samples, and then I see you've got this like uh, really great ability to remix and bootleg different eighty sounding tracks and stuff. Um, I really, really, really love uh, that flip of the Human League that you did of Love Is All That Matters. That was really good too. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, uh, like some of my biggest inspirations and. I also love New Wave. So it's one of those things where, I don't know, for the longest time, I didn't actually realize that the Human League had worked with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. So when I found like the album and I heard that particular song, I was like hooked on it. But then, I don't know, I just realized that it kind of has this housey quality to it. Like if you slow it down and I could hear the drums in my head and I tried it out and it, it, it worked. So I was happy about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds really good. So what else? What is, um, what is actually happening now? Like, I know that you're preparing to perform at Nega Nega, which is super cool. And I've been looking at some of the, um, the performances from today alone. So I'm excited to see yours and, and everyone else's as well. Yeah, with the Nega Nega situation, Actually, it's um, Black Bandcamp that reached out, mm. and uh, it's a really uh, dope artist called uh, Kamaru mm. from Kenya. So Kamaru was like uh, curating for this for this uh, showcase. What it's actually going to be is that they've gotten unreleased tracks from different artists in the continent, and they a visual artist called, I think it's Ezi Ari. Sorry for messing up your name. <laughs> That's okay. But, yeah, but um, they're going to put some visuals over these tracks. So basically, it's we're, we're not going to be doing sets, but it's just going to be different tracks by us in a showcase mm. for these, these visuals. And yeah, so it's an unreleased track by me, mm. uh, Citizen Boy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and a bunch of other like exciting artists from the continent. So I'm pretty excited about that because Nigga Nigga has like been on my vision board for a while. So (laughs) that was a nice surprise considering how the year has been going. Of course. Yeah, I'm so excited to see you and everyone there. Um, And yeah, like I, that's something that I aspire to play. Like I hope to go there and play one day. So that is really, really huge. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really amazing. Like I hope I can even like just attend next year. (laughs) I know. I hear it's amazing. So that would be good. I know. This is why all this stupid COVID stuff needs to go away so we can go back to being somewhat normal. Yeah, it's it's very weird. You know, um, I actually played a gig when I was in Geneva mm. because it was that period of time when I guess people thought things were going to be okay. So the clubs opened back up, and but there was like limited numbers and things like that. Right. And I remember playing a gig and just looking at everybody and realizing like, how much they had missed dancing and everybody was like coming up to say, Oh, thank you so much. I've been dancing such a long time. So <laughs> I can only imagine what people feel like now that, you know, this, it's been stretched out even longer than that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, like I was saying to myself, you know, I, I, yeah, I just, I wasn't seeing this one coming. So prior to all of this happening, I had a bunch of gigs planned. I was, I was actually living in China prior to moving back to New York. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. How long were you in China for? Uh, five years. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yes, yes, I was out there for five years. That's where I was doing a lot of music, DJing and traveling. Uh, but then, yeah, all of that kind of got cut short and I had to come back to New York because I was like nervous, you know. So eh, we'll see. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I'm just hoping that when we do head back to whatever normal is, that that's some sort of, I don't know, like reset for humanity because everyone's going crazy towards one another right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, it's the two extremes. Like you see people really going crazy, or like in some ways, it's made people have conversations they weren't having prior to like right. everything kicking off. Because right. now it's I don't know. I feel like for in terms of like discussions about mental health, I'm seeing more people being open about it because everyone's collectively going through something, you know. Mm. So I've noticed that a few people are a bit more vocal about this now and which might not be the case, like, especially where I'm from, you know, it's not something people really openly discuss. So mm. that's been one upside of it, I guess, that people are kind of opening up. That's so important, man. Um, and that's so funny. On my last podcast, I was just talking about how I've been kind of dealing with this whole time period by really just putting myself, you know, into my creative projects. That's been a way for me to just kind of distance myself from all the noise and come back to my own little piece of solace, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. What have, I mean, what have you been doing? How have you been able to stay focused? <laughs> Ah, uh, it, it was actually crazy. I would say, like, in the beginning, it was pretty hard because, especially with social media, you're kind of, like, bombarded with, like, what yeah. everybody else is doing. And you see, like, everybody's, like, just dropping every band camp Friday. And I was just, like, kind of sitting there trying to adjust to what was going on. But, um, yeah, at some point, I just kind of stopped fighting it you know like feeling really bad about not doing anything and i just spent time with family you know and read books and just fell in love with music again as a listener wow. and then when i got back to zambia i just kind of picked back up and it's been crazy like the rate i've been going at since i got back here because i've just found that it's really helping like you said you know to just dive into like creative projects it's like a form of escape i'd say mm, yeah but you mentioned something so vital like not doing anything is the like i'm realizing not doing anything is the key to creativity <laughs> you know because <laughs> you you can't force yourself in those moments where you feel rushed and pressured to create you know like for me yeah i spent the first half of the pandemic literally doing nothing like watching Netflix, hanging out with my family, because I haven't seen them in five years. So it was a good time oh, to like, wow. yeah, like catch up and, and yeah, literally spend time with my folks. Um, but yeah, from that, like doing nothing, there comes ideas, you know, suddenly I feel, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I always give this like uh, <laughs> silly example though, like, where if you're trying to read something and it's way up in your face, you might not be able to actually make out what it is if it's so close. Mm. If you like put it a bit back and you like have clarity and see what's actually on the piece of paper. So right. I feel that's what it is with music. Like sometimes I'm just too close to it and I have to 
push it back for a bit mm. and then I can kind of figure out what it is I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, with those band camp days though, like, did you feel like they were, you know, great for you as an artist? Um, you know, obviously with the revenue, the Reverend, sorry, my, my, what is it? Revenue share, <laughs> the revenue share being dropped. Um, was it good for you? Like, were you able to make a little coin from it? Yeah, I mean, I made the most money I've ever made in music, to be honest. Wow. Man. You know? So that was, that was good because I was able to, well, like, buy some, I bought some headphones to, like, mix my music better. Um, and just was able to get, like, groceries and things like that, just day-to-day stuff, but also had enough to support other artists. So it was yeah. pretty cool. That is so cool. Um, will you be dropping anything for the last Bandcamp Day tomorrow? Um, I'm actually not dropping something for mm. that tomorrow, but something is coming out, Ooh. which is announced by Electronic Beats. <gasps> so I'm sure it should, it's um, part of their Ford Transmission series. So I've got a track coming out for that. Oh my goodness! It's it's a secret, right? You can't really tell us too much. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't think I can talk too much because <laughs> they posted like that it's coming. Okay. But beyond that, I can't say too much. But I did get to collab with uh, a visual artist, uh, Jessica Ude, uh, and a writer from the UK by the name of like Michelle and. I've been fans of their work for a long time and we've been connected, you know, just through music. And it was just one of those things when they say, oh, who do you want to work with? I was like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity. And we just linked up and I think we created something great. So hopefully you like that when it comes out tomorrow. Oh my God, I can't wait to listen to it. I'm really excited about that. Um, So for folks that are listening that might not be familiar with um, you know, the music that's coming out of Africa at the moment. Can you give us some, uh, you know, suggestions of folks that you've been listening to from the continent? Um, I don't know, I'd say I'm really, like, tapped into, like, South Africa more because I think even when I was growing up, I... Because, I mean... We have, I would say, satellite TV or cable, rather. Mm. That is, you know, um, from a South African company. So we'd, like, watch a lot of the music channels and they would have, like, their artists. And that's what would get played on radio. So just kind of had an affinity with South African music for a long time, like, from Kwaito and, you know, uh, up to, like, Com and uh, I'm a piano now. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Uh, off top, uh, like an amazing producer by the name of like Sun. Mm-hmm. He produced some stuff for uh, uh, Desire Maria, like one half of uh, Father. And then these like Otis, uh, Rose Bonica. Bonica uh, Black Congo. It's another like artist making some like great deep house. And then in Zambia, we've got like creative natives who are like uh, right now doing some crazy like I'm a piano sounding bangers. 
Mm. Uh, we have uh, Sebastian Dutch. Mm. And then uh, I'd say the person on the scene who's like the hugest or the person who comes to mind when people talk about uh, electronic music in Zambia would be El Mukuka. Mm. He's doing like some really big room house stuff, but collabing with some of like the folk artists. listening to some stuff coming from Africa as well um, but I think these might be older tracks so uh, there's an artist oh, put me on. <laughs> yeah there's a group out of Nigeria I think they're called VIP are you familiar with them no I haven't heard VIP I definitely need to hear that <laughs> yeah they're called VIP um, and the song oh my god I hope I'm pronouncing this okay but it's called Ahomka Womu Yes, Womu. That's a really good one. Um, it's almost kind of like a hip hop track. Okay. And then I'm not sure. I think he might be from Ghana, okay. but his name is um, Afori Omposa. Do you know this? <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. No, I've never heard that because I, I, I think. I'm missing out quite a lot, like with West African music as well, because mm. I know, like you know, Wiz Kids, you know, Burner Boy, yeah. Mr. Easy, like you know, and <laughs> I, I need to dig deeper. <laughs> hmm. Yes, please. Uh, but yeah, all of it's really, really good. Um, so, what are you going to be working on next? You've got Nega Nega coming up. You've got this secret cool release dropping. What's next for She Spells Dude? Um, right now I'm just trying to cut some demos. I've got something coming with uh, a label from the UK called All Center. Mm, nice. Yeah, I'm doing like some, I'd say, yeah, rhythmic stuff, but very much in my sci-fi bag. Because like, <laughs> for me, I, I really like, um, you know, 80s horror and sci-fi movies, just like the atmosphere and the music, so... I'm like really trying to capture that feeling on the on the melody side, but like couple it with the drums, you know. Cryptid is kind of like when I when I when you said that cryptid kind of reminds me of that that sound that you you really invoke, you know. Oh no no that's that's I actually did that for All Center's uh, compilation. No, nice. So I'm just, I was just trying to like continue, you know on that kind of path for that release and i'm doing something for another label called uh night night work and i'm yeah i'm just uh cutting more demos for like other labels but like nothing is set in stone but i'm also trying to see how i can do stuff for myself as well especially Mm -hmm. with you know band camp and seeing just how other people are navigating you know self-releasing yeah. it's 
kind of put a battery in my back to just be like, okay, I want to explore this more. Yeah, of course. I think we live in a time now where it's really quite nice for the artists. Like if you know you have a fan base that, you know, you, you have their email list through your band camp and you have a dedicated fan base that buys from you, you can literally sell direct to consumer, right? Like um, if you wanted to, you know, so I think it's yeah. great. You know, I don't think, I don't think the Spotify's. hopefully let's pray that the Spotify's won't be around for very much longer. <laughs> yeah. Because that whole, uh, just the the way the system works is so messed up. Like, I know. You, I don't know. You get so many streams, but it's like sixty nineteen back and things like this, <laughs> which is crazy. And I've, I've seen this with like SoundCloud too. I, you know, took one track of mine. I say, let me see if I monetize it. What will happen? I feel like no matter how many plays I get on this particular track, I always get like. 12 cents like, oh every month. Yeah, and you know, you like know? I had this same conversation with uh, DeForest Brown Jr. Um, and he was just saying like, yeah, that sucks. Like it's very disheartening as an artist to put your music out there. It's already kind of, you know, challenging enough, muscling up that courage and putting in the work to release a track. And then you release yeah. with some of these platforms and you only get like chump change back. Like what kind of, stuff is that <laughs> yeah it's just it's, it's crazy but also I, I i'm so i find this with labels sometimes in that you know a label might approach you and say do this project for us but like in my case where i'm using like gear and you know toiling over this thing and then mm -hmm. at the end of it is like somebody gets a big slice of like what you've yeah. worked so hard on but it's like maybe they're already using the network you have. And so wow. that's why in some way I'm just like, I don't know. I still love like to release on labels, especially if there's like a relationship there or mm. I just respect what they've done in the past right. and want to be a part of that story. But I don't know when it comes to necessity, I don't feel it as much. I feel like now, like you're saying, if you've got the network and you know, the tracks you could just wake up today and say okay i'm hitting the button and it's a go <laughs> yeah um when i'm interested to know because i've been trying to think of ways as a consumer of music because i didn't even know prior to me doing this podcast that artists were really getting chumped like that with the with the streaming sales i had no clue um so i mean let's say Bandcamp doesn't extend this really beautiful thing that they're doing I mean, what's the alternative? What's a good way to support you and other artists out there? Like, do we literally just hit you up on social media and ask for the track and like pay you via PayPal or something? Like, I don't know. Um, that's what I'm trying to figure out because I know like some people have a system where it's like, they just have their PayPal link. Right. And kind of like ask people and say, oh, I'm dropping this thing, please donate. And then <laughs> go through that link. Right. And then you've got Patreon, like, you know, that people like put um how can i say exclusive content to like kind of entice people mm. to get the tracks like maybe if you buy somebody's album from on their like through your subscription on patreon you get like extra tracks or you mm. get like a video call if you're you know a producer and the producer gives you like a one-on-one -on -one production lesson like i've seen people trying to find these ways but I'm like personally not sure what to do. 
Mm. I'm still figuring it out, I'd say. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, with Bandcamp, they do get a cut, but I don't feel like their cut is the worst, mm. I'd say. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe there'll be a bit more pressure and they'll say, oh, yeah, even for 2021, maybe we'll get lucky <laughs> to have more Bandcamp Fridays. I don't know. Yeah. Wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah yeah seriously serious wishful thinking but we'll see i think everything's going to turn out uh better in 2021 i honestly do because this year has really showed the power of what artists can do without having to rely on these stupid big platforms you know like literally i think direct to consumer is going to be the way to go in the future so we'll just have to wait and see track called take away by she spells doom obviously uh, a remix on missy elliott's uh, original track take away incredible stuff just so wonderful and he's so sweet and i can't wait until outside opens back up again so that i can get back to africa i mean i remember going in 2017 with a buddy of mine uh, we went to johannesburg in cape town and oh my god like literally filled with this just overwhelmed with this feeling of wow i'm home you know these are this is my my country this is these are my people you know so can't wait to feel that feeling again um and just can't wait for everyone to restore back to traveling and having fun right like what kind of year has this been but i want to leave you off with this because this is the final episode for 2020 going into 2021 just remember how resilient you really were this year i talked about this with my instagram followers the other day and i was talking about how incredible and remarkable everyone has remained throughout this year despite it being so chaotic right like for the folks who might have lost their jobs I've seen so many buddies of mine really start to work on projects that they had wanted to you know get up and running but they were so busy with you know holding down their nine to fives they were so busy with life that they never had the chance to to do it until now um and i've seen so much creativity emerge from this pandemic of folks being at home and and needing something to do and and that turning into a source of income you know so take that resilience take that creativity and that hustle that really lies deep within you and keep that going into 2021 and just keep expanding on that. All right. Um, and I want to thank you guys, you know, this year, I talk about this all the time on my podcast, how this year really just like struck down on me hard, right? Like I had to literally pick up and move from a whole country, a whole nother country to come back to New York city. Um, but I am so honored that I was, um, met, with incredible support from you and friends and family back home uh, that I'm sure 2021 is going to be incredible. So thank you. 
so much for listening. And hey, if you're interested in becoming a Patreon uh, subscriber, I want to give a huge shout out to all of our listeners over there. Please do. You can subscribe to the Club Management Patreon for access to early episodes, bonus content releases, and exclusive interviews with me. So please subscribe and donate at patreon.com slash clubmanagement1, and I'll have all the information to the Patreon in the comments. I'd love to see you over there. Until next year. 